My Turn podcast, a games podcast hosted by extra competitive siblings. My name's Jem and I'm joined by honorary, wonderful, excellent sibling, Tim. Hiya, it's not your turn, it's my turn. <laughs> your turn. Um, how you doing, Tim? What's going on? Uh, I'm really well, thanks. I'm, um, I just had a shower. I'm in some cosies. I've got a tea. And yeah, you look s- clean. I might do some gaming after this. I'm in that kind of zone. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I must say, I gave you quite a nice intro there. Uh, I really ribbed Erin the last two weeks. Uh, my other, my other blood brother, blood, yeah, blood brother of blood. Yeah, I ribbed him the last two Did... weeks with the intro. So count yourself lucky, Tim. That's all I'm going to say. I... Oh, well, I feel like he probably did something to deserve it, though, anyway. He didn't shower before he got on the podcast? There you go. You see, I showered for you and everything. (laughs) I can smell you through the screen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Smells delicious. Soapy, clean. Love it. (laughs) Um, But this is a gaming podcast, and we are going to be discussing some games today. And both of us, I feel like, have diverged from our usual um, platforms for gaming. Um, So what is the game you're going to be talking about, Tim? I've got what I think might be a brand new platform for this podcast, because I'm going to talk to you about Cat Burglar. Oh, and that is a what game? Well, that is uh, the latest interactive adventure from Netflix. Yes, so that is definitely a podcast first. Yeah. Popping its cherry. Lovely. Uh, And I'm going to be discussing a game called A Musical Story, which I'm playing as a mobile game, which I honestly, I was having a think when the last time I played a mobile game was, and it might have been Pokemon Go 2016. Wow, wow. (laughs) Just couldn't remember. That is retro. (laughs) Yeah, we, we're both... Yeah, mine is also brand new as well. Cheating on our Xboxes for, uh, for a little I while. Know. You know, sometimes you've got to venture out and try some new things. Yeah, do, do some other stuff. Still talking well, about gaming. Um... <laughs> <laughs> JK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, i tell you what, Tim. Mm-hmm. Why don't you start us off as this is indeed a cherry-popping platform for us. Okay. Um... So tell us about the game in a nutshell. So And pick a nut as well. Erin and I have been working really hard to try and pick a nut or a seed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, is there a cat nut? Is there such a thing as a cat nut? <laughs> I mean, cat, cats cat nip nuts. nuts unless you take them to the vets. and. Uh... Yeah. I feel <laughs> this cat's definitely got nuts. Um, this cat is called Rowdy. Um, so oh, I, like I definitely, that. I definitely feel like he's got a nut. Um, so this is uh, a, a well, it's an American British animation. It's an interactive film. It comes to us on Netflix that they released on February the twenty second of this year, and it's created by Charlie Brooker. Um, he Ooh. of Black Mirror, etc. Fame, and it's. Also um, written and directed by James Bowman, who was an animator on BoJack Horseman, actually. So a few credentials from there. Um, so it's uh, it's a cartoon in which you play a cat called Rowdy, and you are trying to steal a valuable piece of art from a museum that is being protected by a security guard called Peanut, who's a dog. Classic <laughs> cat-dog animation, um, criminal hijinks. And um, you, 
you get your way through this by answering questions, answering trivia questions. And Rowdy has three lives, not nine lives, despite being a cat. Uh, and if you lose your lives, you fail to steal the work of art. So that is that is your aim, and that is it in a nutshell. Very nice. Um, so first Netflix game, what were your expectations going into this? Well, it's not actually my first Netflix game. If you, oh, it isn't. If you consider some of the prior interactive adventures to be a game. So that's that's the question: is is Bandersnatch a game? No. Is Kimmy Schmidt a game? Like when no. we when we compare it to something like the narrative games you might play on Xbox, like um, the Telltale games, or you know what remains of Edith Finch, or some of the other kind of quite narrative-driven games mm. that aren't necessarily gamey. So I think it it straddles that in-between phase. So I think it's kind yeah. of, it's, it's up to you whether you consider any of the earlier ones a game, or the Bear Grylls ones indeed. So my, my opinion of this is a bit like, you and I often discuss how we don't really like musicals, but we don't mind a film with songs in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Bandersnatch et al. is a thing with gaming rather than a game. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like the other games you reference, like Telltale Games, for example, they have game mechanic sort of peppered so much of the way through that it to me feels more game yeah i think this is definitely gamier (laughs) to use an Mm. an awful term (laughs) this is definitely gamier than the previous um interactive adventures that they've had and that is because of this mechanic of it being trivia based as opposed to choosing a character's actions based you don't choose the character's actions it's actually kind of the trivia is almost separate it's almost arbitrary from the rest of the experience which i was not expecting as i was going into it Mm, very nice okay so talk to me about the kind of gameplay then so you've discussed how it sort of straddled straddles a bit of this sort of watching a thing Mm -hmm. narrative and games. So talk to me about actually the nuts and bolts of what is this gameplay then? How does it... Yeah. So there are, I think, four, four or five stages. Uh, there's outside the walls of the museum. So the first thing you have to do is figure out how you're how you're going to get... Well, you don't figure it out, but the cat, the cat is figuring out how to get <laughs> yeah. in. So uh, in one example, you pole vault over the wall. And depending on whether you answer your questions correctly or not, because you get three questions and you have about... 15 seconds to answer all three together so actually you don't have very long even though the questions aren't particularly hard you know it it, some people might some people might struggle you still have to read them exactly so you don't get a lot of time if you get one of them wrong you fail in your attempt to do whatever you want to do so you know the you would smack against the wall for example uh if you get it (laughs) right uh, something impressive happens. So in the pole vault scenario, you completely overshoot the whole uh, museum grounds, but then you bounce back and forth on, you know, um, telephone lines and clothes lines and shop fronts and that sort of stuff until eventually you grab a, a bra from a washing line and then parachute down into the museum. <laughs> of course, of course. Classic, classic <laughs> cartoon stuff. Um, I love that. That's so cute. <laughs> so there are there are kind of repeated sections like that um there's another one then when you have to cut the security camera feed and then you get inside the museum and there are three areas in the museum there's prehistoric there's 
um, ancient, and then there's medieval, before finally you arrive at the precious room of the art. And in each section, you have a moment where the cat is attempting to outdo Peanut, the dog, the security dog, Mm -hmm. in some way, and you have to answer your trivia questions. So I think that was probably actually about six sections, wasn't it? Um, And if you answer them correctly all the way to the end, you get... It reveals a marvellous artwork, which is a a famous painting, except with, um, like, cat or dog face in it. So it's quite satisfying. Um, So the gameplay is such that if you... uh, You can get up to um, two things wrong on on each attempt to steal an artwork. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you die, you lose your third life, and you would have to start completely again. There are actually six artworks to collect in total. And what happens is you you restart the game, but each segment is uh, discreetly animated. So you mm-hmm. get different versions of it each time you go through. And even if you oh, fail an attempt, lovely. you'll get another version the next time. So there are lots of ways to get over the wall, for example. There are, there are lots of ways to... Um, uh, you know, fight the dog when you're in the um, the medieval section, for example, with like sword fighting around uh, around the table. One of my favourites, one of my favourite classic cartoon moments is always when um, the cheeky sort of not not a, not exactly villain, but the one who's getting away with stuff they shouldn't be getting away with mm. um, dresses up as a lady. That's always the best. That's always the best bit. <laughs> There's a moment where you as the cat dress up as Cleopatra, and you're just waiting to. Um, to hit Peanut with a mace, but of course it's a cartoon, so it doesn't go down that way. Instead, you get taken out on a date on the beach. Uh, you yeah. go to dinner. Every time he goes to hit him with a mace, it doesn't happen until eventually you're walking down the aisle and you're getting married, and it's, it just you know Hilarious. keeps going into ridiculous stuff. So that's really funny. So so every time you um, either succeed or get something wrong, that section kind of will turn into another version of that attempt to to get past that level. So it kind of keeps you entertained. No. This sounds great. I'm I'm just sort of feeling quite nostalgic just hearing some of these mm-hmm. little cartoon tropes. I love it. Yes. <laughs> um. So tell me about what really worked for you in this game. What were the positives and standouts? So it, it, it is what you just said. It's the nostalgia of the cartoon. Mm. The actual cartoon itself is done really, really well. It it pays um a lot of a lot of respect to the old um. Tex Avery cartoons, you know, the MGM mm-hmm. ones. It's very yeah. distinct colour palette, style, you know, it, there's very little dialogue. Uh, there's all these kind of long setups, uh, raising your expectations, and then it always ends up with, you know, some sort of violent catastrophe, and then they're fine in the next scene. So it's <laughs> it's all these sort of like tropes from the cartoons, but they've been dialed up just a little bit for a modern audience to push it a little bit further. Uh, but there's so much stuff you recognise, it makes you feel really good. So the, the best thing about it is the the style, the animation. Yeah. They've really understood why all those cartoons worked then and actually still work really well now. Like, they transcend the ages because they're yeah. so slapstick. Yeah, so I was going to say, as you're saying, is that timelessness, isn't it? Which is, which is magical and mm-hmm. also not relying on verbal... Um, communication and making it so much about physical humor physical storytelling like the stakes being illustrated with physical dangers and things like that um exactly just so joyful that style also have to say the other thing that really makes cartoons like that apart from the animation and the the storytelling is always that they have a massive orchestra 
Yeah, I was about I just to say. Love the massive orchestras in those classic cartoons, and they've they've yes. done a soundtrack by by a London orchestra for this, and it's just so spot on. It's got all the things you want from it, you know, the the xylophone when they're on tiptoes, tiptoes, the sad kind of trombone noise and something goes wrong. It's got all all the classics that you're you're waiting for, so that aspect is also really great, and I like that you can just kind of dip in once and play it for fifteen about fifteen minutes probably to go mm-hmm. have one go through. And I was worried that if I then left it and came back, I'd have to sort of start again. Like it wouldn't remember my progress because I wouldn't oh, necessarily right. expect Netflix to remember my progress on, on a game, I guess. But it did. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because it's not set up like a console. Does it have a pause function? Like No, because there's that... no pause, there's yeah. no safe. But I just went out of it at the end of a section and mm. it remembered that I'd already collected three paintings. So I went back and did the next three the next day. Otherwise, okay. you're probably doing the whole thing for like an hour and a half or something. So I, I didn't want to do it all the way through because it gets a bit repetitive. But over a couple of days, it was fun. Yeah, to dip in and out of. So, mm-hmm. so you think that it takes on average around an hour and a half to beat this? Game. I think to do to do the whole thing, and also not forgetting that you might want to explore what happens when you die, or you might want to make a couple of mistakes in some scenes to see the alternative sort of gag reels. Mm. So you know you want to play about with it a little bit, not just get everything right all the way through. Well, that's quite nice. I quite like that that failure feels like it gives you something extra rather than yeah. here's it again carbon coffee exactly um, yeah that kind of thing can get very frustrating yeah, you especially get... if yeah sorry i was gonna say you get the alternative you get the alternative slapstick so you get the cat losing yeah. rather than the cat winning um and that's always satisfying yeah. yeah yeah no i mean the point i was gonna make was anything that is quite narrative heavy where you have to watch a whole cutscene before you can attempt again mm-hmm. that that's the that can be frustrating obviously if you've got to do it again and again it's exactly the same so this sounds like it's addressed that in a really creative way yes yeah. so it sounds good and mm-hmm. um, was there anything about the game that didn't work as well for you so they've made a conscious choice for the the, the questions the trivia to be unrelated to the content so oh. you're not making narrative decisions for the characters, but you're not, it's not even really thematic. So I might have expected, for example, for there to be questions maybe based on observation. Because I feel like if there's any attempt at a message in this, it's pay atten- paying attention is fun. Like watching it intently is more fun than not watching it intently. Um mm. And so I thought, oh, maybe they'd have done things that are relevant to the situation. But no. Um, the, funnily enough, there was one set of questions, which was um, like about things you would find at a wedding or something when I was doing that wedding segue. Other mm. than that, nothing else related. It would be, it's like such a range of stuff, like um, titles of Sherlock Holmes novels to things that are yellow. It, it's really varied in terms of what you would expect a trivia lineup to be like it's pitched all over the place so i know that that was their conscious decision no it doesn't relate to the situation the room the character anything so So i know that was their conscious decision they wanted it Mm. to be kind of unrelated um in that remark And, and actually they're about to do the same mechanic again Netflix are with a mm. trivia series they're launching in April. Every day in April is going to be the same kind of thing. Um, it didn't really work for me though. 
Um, mm. To be honest, I would have preferred something. I think it could have been quite easy for them to put together something more thematic. Um, yeah. Or at least have more of a consistent feel to it. I will say that a lot of the questions were fun. A lot of them were quite mm. funny. So it's not like I didn't enjoy the questions or, you know, the trivia. But it it was so mismatched to me. I couldn't quite make sense of it. Yeah. Um, the other yeah, thing... Yeah, that seems odd, doesn't it? Like, especially that they've gone to the effort of having sort of themed locations. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It does seem... Yeah, there's there's enough there's more than enough in it to have created themed questions. The other thing I will say is that it is absolutely a dyslexic's nightmare. I feel like you don't stand a chance if you're dyslexic because oh my God. it goes Bonds very fast. Really it goes very fast um, in order, to, you know, to just to read it. But also, they have mm. quite a lot of questions where the words have similar spellings. Oh my goodness. It'll be like, what's the right one? And you're looking at it and it's only like a couple of word letters difference or something. So right. they've intentionally done that. But I sort of feel like that's a misstep in today's yeah. day and age. I feel like you could do better. Or at least they could have an option at the beginning to exclude questions like that. Or maybe have something yeah. more image based. Or, you know, I think there were opportunities that they missed it feels like uh, they quite intentionally went down a route that's going to um, exclude quite a few people really that that is such a shame and I'm like I, I have a weird brain I talk about this quite a lot on the podcast like I, I'm not diagnosed as dyslexic but there are certain things that I my brain jumbles so I might be one of those people that's got like high functioning mask dyslexia who knows who knows but there are certain things that i will just read a word and it's not that word so this is probably gonna get me yeah i would <laughs> so think so I, I would think so yeah yeah you know me because you know when we play word games i'll just get certain letters will just be backwards yeah <laughs> so it's just like yeah so i was yeah. i was very aware of of that playing i think that was the wrong decision in my opinion yeah and you're right to mention that have it the way you want it to be but add an accessibility option at the beginning. Yeah. I don't think that it's that hard with written text to add in an alternative. It's not like you're rendering a whole page of stuff differently. It's just the text. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Um, Or even just add a bit more time if you want a time option, just to slow it down a bit to read. Yeah, um, I think it takes nothing away from the experience if you got rid of the time limit, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good point. I just don't think because it's I was just about to say, I find timed trivia, like the frustration of it is the length of reading, because not every question is the same length as well. And if you're playing competitively, that goes against the person with the longer question to read, like yeah. as well. So that's you know, yeah. if it's like true or false, nineteen eighty four or nineteen eighty five, boom, you can just answer it. If it's mm-hmm. like is it true that on the 8th of blah, 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 or in the year of da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da, did this? And it's like, well, ah, come on, I've spent half to my time reading. To make matters worse <laughs> as well, they keep mixing up the logic of the questions. So sometimes oh, they'll okay. ask things in the negative. So if you scan it and you don't oh, register God, that they're that. asking for the opposite, you could miss that. Yeah. And sometimes they also do, like, fill in the blanks, but it, it won't sort of say fill in the blanks it'll just have something with a blank so again you might kind of scan it think what was the question and not pick it up so that's another thing that's quite difficult for some people to process is when Mm. the the context of the question keeps changing as well (laughs) yeah and look we we love puzzles 
Word puzzles and trivia, great. But yeah, just have a bit of flexibility. Some people just need a bit more time or mm-hmm. <laughs> something so they can access it. Especially because it's Netflix. We're not talking about Elden Ring here. Like, this is Netflix. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you think you're going to want to entice people to get on your platform for games. So you yeah. want to cast the net quite broadly, I'd say. Um interesting okay so is there anything else of note or anything else that you wanted to touch on with this game um i think maybe just to note that it is it's rated as a 12 um, Mm -hmm. on netflix because it has crude humor it has some violence um which i thought i'd mention because i think on the one hand you would think oh it's cartoon trivia this would be family fun and it can be, you know, it's a 12, it's it's at your discretion as to what your child can handle. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that is that also it's made by Charlie Brooker and you might expect it to be much worse <laughs> because mm. we've all seen his kind of nightmarish, you know, stories of horror and social media gone wrong and dystopia and Bandersnatch and things like yeah. that. So actually it's also a massive departure the other way in making it kind of this this cartoon nostalgia mostly for nerdy adults but is accessible for other people as well mm. um, and it's a new area for him um, so I, I think it was sort of just interesting to note that it does kind of come in the middle in terms of who it's for yeah and do you think it works being pitched at that level yeah I yeah. do yeah. I, I do I think um, it's going to include more people than if you just went down the sort of gross out adult cartoon level which mm-hmm. i don't have a problem with that but i think when you're doing something sort of this big for the first time make it accessible to a few more people but i think if they'd gone down the full cartoon family route i don't think adults would have played past the first one out of curiosity it's the mm. humor that is surprising that keeps you coming mm. back that's the thing they got right yeah so a bit of edge to it but yeah nothing to yes out there exactly nice all right so just a hooking on to that then who do you think this is for who would you recommend this to um i mean as i say really it's for um it's very much for that middle ground <laughs> middle ground yeah. in all things middle ground in Ner- terms nerdy of adults. yeah <laughs> in terms of like you know people who like a bit of quiz but it's not too hard people who like some cartoons but they're not you know obsessive about their standards i think at the moment it's kind of a bit of a curiosity you know mm-hmm. i think people are going on just to see what it's like and just to see what happens and i think they'll mostly be pleasantly surprised um so i'm gonna i'm gonna recommend it for anyone who doesn't mind um who doesn't mind a bit of fast-paced quizzing that might otherwise feel like it's spoiling their nice cartoon <laughs> nice all right i like it so this leads us nicely onto your score tim what are you going to give this game out of 10 i think i'm going to give it a seven Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the experience, but as I say, it's not something that you necessarily revisit. And I had to take a few points off for what I felt were some bad choices. Um, and I think given given the resources and you know probably time and research potential and all the sort of stuff they had around that, they didn't really they didn't really do it. They didn't really commit to exploring the full potential of the gaming element. I think they were mostly distracted by how good the cartoon was. So because it's a gaming recommendation and a gaming podcast mm. rather than a cartoon review, I'm going to go with seven. Okay, fair, clear, love it. I am going to check this out. Um, I didn't even know this was 
on there. So I will <laughs> check it out. And can you just access it with your subscription? Yeah, it's just on Netflix. Yeah. All right, I'm going to play it. Um, <laughs> sounds rad. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. All right, over over to you, my dear. Can you tell me uh, what you've got in store in a nutshell? And if you oh, want to offer a nut, please do. I've got a nut. I've okay. got a nut for it and everything. It's good. Uh, so the game's called A Musical Story. I'm sticking it in a Brazil nut for a few reasons. I think Brazil nuts are quite high in potassium. So mm-hmm. It's good for your brain, right? And <laughs> also, Brazil nuts are one of those nuts that there aren't many uh, creatures that can get into it. There's like a specific rainforest or rodenty thing that has an adapted sort of tooth thing, <laughs> like a little saw yeah. that can get into Brazil nuts, which I, I'm always a bit like, that's really cool that there's a specially adapted species that mostly eats Brazil nuts. I like that. Um, and the reason I'm putting it in that will become apparent later because there's quite a lot of skill in this game. But um, this game was released on 19th of March uh, 2021 initially, but it's dropped on most of its platforms very, very recently, um, just this month. So, uh, oh, I had the date written down. Now I can't see it. Um, so... 2nd of March, or uh, some places are saying 2nd of March, some are saying 4th, but it came out this month, uh, March 2022, on most of the platforms, including on iOS, um, which is what I'm playing it on, but it's also on Xbox, PlayStation, and Android, um, and on Steam as well. Um, It is a musical story that is an adventure narrative and also a rhythm game. Okay. Clap your hands if you understand. <laughs> um, I've got rhythm. All right. So uh, it yeah. sounds intriguing. Let me know what the uh, the expectations you had of, of the game were then based on that. So as I said, I haven't picked up a mobile game in a very long time. Um, don't normally play them, but I just heard another reviewer mention this game and it sounded so intriguing. So I, my only expectation was this other reviewer, I think it was on Kind of Funny Games podcast, um, one of the, the journalists on that mentioned that they played this game and it only took a couple of hours and it just blew his mind how good it was. Um, and I just looked it up on the, the Apple store and was like, oh, it's like less than a fiver it's an indie studio, a Glee Cheese studio. And I was like, yeah, I'll just give it a go. Why not? Um, been a bit fatigued recently, suffering with a bit of fatigue. And it, I thought I'll have a nice game I can play in bed. And it's perfect for that. So my expectation was literally someone said it was good and I can play it on my phone. So <laughs> in it bed. should be fine. In bed. <laughs> yeah, literally that. These are my requirements. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, so how did that bear out in the gameplay? Were you were you satisfied in the bed? Yeah, absolutely satisfied in the bed, uh, Tim. Um, my fingers got a lot of action, I can tell mm-hmm. you. Great. Uh, that's, that's about the most exercise I can manage when I, where, while I've had my fatigue recently. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <laughs> a bit of finger tapping. Yeah, gets um, the endorphins going. Gets the endorphins going. Um, so this, the gameplay of it, well, let me just quickly introduce the sort of story and then I'll get into the gameplay because this is a very narrative heavy game. The, the whole game takes you along uh, with a character called Gabriel, who's a musician in the 1970s. Um, and you kind of get 
plunged into this almost like a visual novel a, a visual novel yeah almost like a graphic novel mm-hmm. that you then that then gets played out in animation the style is very graphic novel it's really sort of beautiful beautifully in- illustrated um and as you go from the sort of bad side of town where Gabriel and his friends are aspiring musicians um he's kind of starts life as a sort of factory worker putting beans in it like putting lids on tins of beans um and then you can see like aspiration and they decide to go to Pinewood Festival to play with the rock stars and like become famous rock stars in the 70s and the gameplay unfolds alongside the story so i think it's really beautifully paced within that so you'll get a few sort of frames of animation and then a circle will appear and all the while a beautiful soundtrack by charles bardin and valentin de clock um it's really outstanding soundtrack this kind of 70s psychedelic rock and jazz and blues uh, is just so beautiful all the way through it. And when the circle appears, you'll suddenly hear um, an extra sort of highlight to the soundtrack. And that will correspond with some buttons that will appear around the circle. And the buttons are one of three actions, left, right, both, that's it. So playing on a phone, it's you, you, you use your left finger, your right finger or both. Uh, and there's occasional variations in duration of pressing. So sometimes you need to hold it a little bit, but the rest of the time it's a tap and you have to listen to the song and kind of play along your part. So sometimes you're playing the drum beat, sometimes you're playing some chords, sometimes you're playing a, like a brass instrument. So it's really varied all the way through, but your reward for getting it right is the story carries on. And it's really lovely the way that the, um, so I'm kind of moving into things I like about the game while I'm talking about Mm -hmm. um, the mechanics because they're very linked because I really enjoyed this. So you get these few sort of animated panels of story and it feels, yeah, very much like a graphic novel. It's not got panels around it, but it's got that feel to it, the way that it's directed from one scene to another. And then when the circle appears, which denotes you're about to do a bit of rhythm challenge, <laughs> um, the middle of the circle retains a, an element of the scene that you've just seen, but the rest of it sort of disappears. So you can concentrate on the notes. So it's almost like a little, um, you know, on a boat, the little window, what's that called? Porthole. A little round window. Yeah, it almost portholes in and out of scenes, which I really, I found that really satisfying. It was like a window comes out of the narrative and then zooms back in and reveals something new. Um, So that was really cool. And the gameplay's really quite challenging. So I'm pretty good at rhythm. Like, I think I've got got good rhythm, Tim. (laughs) She's got Um, soul. (laughs) Yeah, but to isolate your part while the rest of the melody's on, without any, this isn't Guitar Hero, so it doesn't sort of like flash big when you need to press it. There's no real uh, highlight of like, Mm -hmm. you need to press it now. Um, You actually just need to listen to the tune a couple of times, I'd say, before you attempt it. But 
you get a reward if you get it right the first time, but I found it more satisfying and more like actually learning a song if you sort of tap along to it or like Mm -hmm. nod your head to it a couple of times and then you can usually just smash it out. But I think this is a really interesting game because it doesn't punish you for having several attempts. You can have as many attempts as you want and the music's so damn good that (laughs) it just didn't bother me. Um, but when you get it right, it feels so good. And it weirdly really feels like you're playing an instrument. It's so tactile, the way mm. they've designed it. I really love that. So yeah, that's, that's I've moved straight into a positives, haven't I? And also that's, the music is That's okay. You can continue to tell me about positives if you've got them. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm all ears. The other thing I'd say that is really surprising about a game that is essentially a rhythm game, there isn't much story in between the rhythm sections like you get enough in between to keep you interested in the story mm-hmm. and then you get a little bit of rhythm and then more story and then a little bit of rhythm and then more story it flows really well for me but the really surprising and lovely thing about the story is it's really engaging and it takes some twists and turns that you might not predict so weirdly you talking about old cartoons this brings in some imagery of yeah sort of like those 70s cartoons that had that sort of the the central character is black gabriel and the first sort of cartoon you see is of of a little crow and obviously that has quite the cartoon crow has quite negative connotations Mm -hmm. and it's used in a slightly different way to that sort of racial negativity. It's used to represent something else, which I sort of won't spoil, but it does represent a negative force. And those crows kind of, at first you're like, oh, that's kind of cute. Oh, but it's a crow. Oh, oh, that doesn't feel right. And then you're right because it does make you feel uneasy at the beginning, the way it's used. And the style of cartoons quite jarring on top of the sort of beautiful muted animation of the rest of it. But those cartoon elements come in and they're very bold and very invasive. And it made me think of um, your sort of hatred of the pink elephant sequence in Uh, Dumbo. (laughs) I was was just thinking about that as you were describing (laughs) the craze because I talked about it on on another podcast just a few weeks ago. I know, I listened to it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's sort of been haunting me ever since I've remembered all that drama. Yeah. And obviously there's crows in Dumbo as well. So I think something in my head, as soon as I saw the crow and like knowing those sort of negative connotations and then thinking about the the sort of very, very overtly cartoony style of those invasive images that pop into the main narrative. Um, I thought it was a really deliberate and very um, clever way of using a cartoon that made you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. so it's quite a contrast to what you were talking about with your game which is like this lovely nostalgia this is like the nostalgia you don't want it's like reminding mm. you of something that isn't pleasant um and as you go through the story this imagery sort of invades more and more of it and you you learn that these young musicians like their dream isn't as clear and straightforward and I was worried it might get into cliche because we've seen so many stories of musicians in the 70s like following their dream and getting distracted by drugs yeah. and alcohol and girls. I have and... seen a lot of those lately. What is with yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the way that the story unfolds and some of the sort of twists and turns in it um, 
art avoid cliche, although they they linger in that territory to an extent. They 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 do feel genuine and raw, and I think partly it's to do with this animation style and the fact that it it is quite it really makes you feel something. It's not comfortable when when things start going wrong. Um, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like, oh, here we go. It, it really, it, I mean, credit to the, the team who animated this and, and did the visual design because I think it's really effective. Um, it's Alexandra Ray is the, um, the artwork designer. So like massive credit. And again, this is an indie game. So I absolutely love that. And the, the story, like the conclusion of the story and everything, like I found everything very satisfying. And this takes place over a couple of hours. You can just play through the whole thing and feel mm-hmm. very engrossed and feel like you've just sat down and read a really engaging, moving graphic novel. Or so, indeed, cocooned in your bed. Yeah, cocooned in my bed like <laughs> me. <laughs> so yeah, so, I think those, those are the positives. And also the length. I, I'm really, I'm just so into shorter games. Like, why aren't there more short games? It's great. <laughs> you can play more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so is there anything that made you uncomfortable for the wrong reasons rather than the right reasons in playing this game? Not really. Like, the the real negatives for me are very minor. And it will be something like um, tap sensitive. Oh, excuse me. I've got a little cough. A little. Oh, I thought it, I thought it might have been some wind. A bit of gas. <laughs> tap sensitivity, that's mm-hmm. what I was saying, and it made me cough. Um, yeah, and I think, like, I obviously have played it on a smartphone, um, and it's dropped not, not that long ago onto iOS. Occasionally, um, one side would just register better than the other, but then I was like, well, actually, most people have a dominant hand. I'm right-handed, so maybe my pressure is not the same, even though I'm hitting it the same. Mm. So... It's just those kinds of things where I'm like, I, I nailed that, goddammit. And then you're like, oh, it, it didn't register on the left or it didn't. Weirdly, it was often on the right that it didn't register um, the same. So I was like, that, that seems odd, but it was not very often that that happened. Um, and the other thing was I had a sort of a bug, but I solved it by just coming out and going back in again which was that one chapter just wouldn't load. It was just a black screen and the music started, but it just wouldn't load. And that happened a couple of times with that same chapter. I kept sort of going back to the menu and then opening the chapter again. Mm-hmm. And, and then I got black screen, but then I just came out of the whole game and just pressed continue and I logged back in and it was fine. So just a couple of things like that, which are just nuts and bolts things, you know. Yeah. It, it's not seamless, but in terms of everything they wanted to achieve, when it works, it works. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Good. And who do you think this is for, apart from the bedridden? Yeah. <laughs> um, I really think this is a bit of a love story to the struggle of being an artist. Mm-hmm. I think I think that um, not everyone will pick this up, but I think if you're intrigued if you like graphic novels and games i think definitely pick it up because it bridges that gap really beautifully while very much being a game there isn't too much just watching stuff like the gameplay is peppered all the way through it pretty evenly um but i would say that if you enjoy really beautiful artwork in games if you like indie games definitely pick it up 
One thing I will say is I read a couple... Uh, this is a game that is very under the radar, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a look at a couple of reviews of people who had um, looked at it and the overwhelming comment was the rhythm mechanic doesn't work. And I was like, but it does? And then I read more and more and more. I read some just, you know, normal people who'd written reviews on various platforms. And a few people made the comment that they'd also read this but they were like do we think these people have just got bad rhythm <laughs> which I right, thought yeah. was a very was a very good point actually because if you have got bad rhythm how can you really assess how good a rhythm mechanic is especially mm -hmm. on something that's quite tactile especially if you're playing it on iOS or oh, on the iOS or on Android or even on a Switch where you can use the touch screen um so i thought that was a really interesting point so i'll throw that out there because if you are if your rhythm's very bad <laughs> you might struggle because it gets very challenging it can be very fast but it's a bit like one of those lazy eye pictures i'd say if you're someone who can just zone into something by relaxing which i find really really like comes naturally when I'm listening to music I feel like I relax and I feel like even if I'm tapping my toes along to a song when I'm driving or something like that happens subconsciously because I'm relaxed and I'm just letting the music sort of wash through me and I feel like that's how I played this game mm -hmm. it's like I, you relax and you feel it I think the moral gem is never trust any review and I hope <laughs> I hope everyone listening is is taking note of that um, don't trust me. It, don't relax. <laughs> isn't it interesting that we we didn't uh, coordinate any kind of theme or anything for this session? Yeah. But we have both chosen sort of slightly cross media games with their roots and cartoons. Mm. <laughs> we always find yeah, a connection true, somewhere. Hey, is I know. there is there anything else we need to know before you get to rating? Um, the the only other thing I'd say is that this game weirdly it says. Um, if you look at it, it's like, is there any inappropriate content? It's like, you see some boobs. Um, I would say there's more inappropriate content than that for younger players because the themes deal with things like drug abuse and stuff like that. So uh, I weirdly don't understand why that isn't flagged, whereas a pair of boobs is. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't recommend this for uh, younger players who might be vulnerable to things like substance abuse um, or you know you just don't want to have those conversations yet because they're too young or people indeed that have struggled with that if they're not at the stage of their recovery where that things might be triggering i'd say it's not a heavy trigger but there's there's some mm -hmm. triggering stuff so because oh the other thing i probably didn't say is there's no dialogue it's all music and imagery so um in that sense it's pretty accessible there's no reading tim yeah. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> she's happy but yeah other than that i just recommend this to anyone who isn't like weirded out by indie games i know some people are like nah not for me mm -hmm. like just pick it up and support an indie developer and as i say it's like less than a fiver on the apple store probably um on the for androids as well it's probably around the same price point and it's also not that expensive on switch mm -hmm. so just support an indie. Get it. Get involved. Yeah. And on on that note of uh, supporting supporting your indies and never trusting reviews, what are you going to give it? Out of, <laughs> are you going to give it out of ten? 
They can trust us, Tim. I'm going to give this a nine out of ten. Oh, I think nice. It's really, it's really beautiful. It's very accomplished. And the music is something that's going to stay with me. It's really powerful and evocative and loved it. Beautiful. And a, actually a proper rhythm game. <laughs> a proper rhythm game. Um, <laughs> hey, I've got a couple of things to mention at the, at the close of this uh, session. One oh, go is, on then. you know how I couldn't think of a nut for my game. Have you thought of a cat nut? Well, I hope everyone else noticed that the dog in the game is called Peanut. <laughs> Peanut, of course. Why I didn't straight away make that connection is beyond me. Hello. I even said in the review the dog is called Peanut. The gate, the, the nut is I, obviously. I didn't even click. Peanut. No, well, there we go. Thank you. You're with me on that yeah. one. Uh, and as Erin and I said, we're lax about what is a nut. Obviously, Peanut is actually a legume, but. Yeah. It's got the word nut in it. Yeah, it's exactly. Fine. It's nut- It's nutty enough for our purposes. Um, Last week I used a sesame seed, so we're good. We're good. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's even more abstract. Um, also, I've got, uh, I think, a good drink recommendation to go oh, with Cat yeah. Burglar. That's Old Tom Gin. Uh, if I want to be... Old Tom, indeed. Old Tom yes. Gin. If I want to be specific, the uh, gin distiller called Jensen's is right next to me and they make a marvellous Old Tom. So Old Tom Gin was a really fashionable gin in the 18th century at the height of the gin craze. Um, and the the reason we think possibly it's called Old Tom is because as the uh, gin palaces, as the pubs got fancier and fancier, only uh, fancy people were allowed inside and the riffraff had to get their gins through a serving hatch of some variety. And there was a very famous I, I thought you were going to say serving cat then. And I was like, oh man, I just imagined a cat with a little like waiter well, bib. And... Hold, anyway. hold, hold that thought. Oh. Because one of the most famous serving hatches was in fact a wooden plaque that was a picture of a black cat known as Old Tom. And what oh. you do is you would put your money in a slot at its paw <laughs> and then the gin would come out through a lead tube. So it was like a gin vending machine that where your gin came out of a cat. You put your money in. Everyone had just so kind of cute. like would be walking home with their mugs in their hands and get the gin straight out of there for a, for a penny or two. Do you know it would be really good? Do you know those money boxes where you put the money on a thing and then a yeah. little paw comes out and gets it, yes. it back in? We need a modern oh. version of that in a gin bar yes. where you put your, put your coins on that. Or you probably have to tap a card, wouldn't you? But either way. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Anyway. So that's, that's, uh, that's, that's old so Tom cute. Gin. All right, have you got a Timmy's Tasty Tipple for um, oh, my psychedelic musical yeah. story? Well, I wasn't going to go down the psychedelic musical route. Instead, okay, well. I was going to say, get anything from your local tap room. Oh, that's excellent, Tim. Excellent callback there. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, check out your... In fact, yeah, support your locals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, love it thank you um thank you for joining us for this week's edition of timmy's tasty tipples we'll be back next time um and thank you tim for your wonderful um review no, and no, company thank you. as no, always thank you. no thank you um i think i'm gonna go back to bed and um yeah. find another game to tap that sounds like a good idea <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good idea
Yes. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, as ever, we've got a few reviews actually that we're going to read out on the next episode. Um, but if you want to be part of the sharing of love that we're going to offer out on the next episode, leave us a lovely five star review like the people that have done recently, like wonderful people that they are um, on your listening platform of choice. So wherever you're listening to us, you can leave five stars and a review. But the most helpful ones are probably going to be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, they really help us independent podcasters get out there into the world to share more fun with you. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. I'm going to go have some gin now. <laughs>